This is Leafs Breakfast. Yes, Leafs Breakfast. Another day off, another night off for the Maple Leafs. They are back in action this weekend. A back-to-back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. A team that, let's be honest here, the Leafs should probably take care of in decisive fashion. But coming off... The All-Star break, you know, nine days away from the rink. That's a tough one. You man. never you never know what type That's of condition you'll be in, your, how your I legs know, are like, feeling. I know, like, you're, you're, you're being asked to do some sort of training every day, whether it's a bike ride, a little ab circuit, whatever it is, 30-minute workout. I remember I used to get those workout sheets, and I say, yeah, yeah I'll do it. And then I get to the place where I'm, where no I'm at, and I'm like... Yeah, you know what? This this cocktail tastes way too good to me even think about getting on a bike. I can guarantee you Dave Poulin was working out on vacation. He still does it now. He refuses to eat the Chien shows in the Bell Centre of Montreal, but he does join us here on the program. What's up, Dave? Well, I'm laughing at Carlos thinking that he's concerned about a 30-minute workout while he's an NHL athlete. <laughs> in the, During that and when I, in, in-season vacation? Come on. And I'm sitting here this morning thinking, you know, when am I going to jam my workout in today? Because I'm really busy. <laughs> Carlos, I've got a, a few words for you. It does not get easier. Oh, I know. As you get older, just a little, just a little word. But um, I love the break. I absolutely love it, and I love it because of the hockey that I've just watched on Monday and Tuesday nights. Right. And it has been terrific. And, you know, I I can watch multiple games, but I'm a flipper too. Like, I'll go back and forth. And you're tuning in, and you're like, okay, i got to stay with this one. Oh, wait a second, got to stay with this one. And it was the same way on Monday night, and, you know, I had Calgary and the Rangers, but you were flipping through, and you were were just – locked in last night, Edmonton, Detroit, the intensity of it. And I think that's due to the break. I really do. I think it's due to the rest. Of course. Yeah. And the reset, um, throw something out there for proposal. Could we do a little bit of a shorter break in early December, in late November and do this twice during the year where you recharge and give a total reset and a recharge after the start of the season. And the way the NHL has done it this time is a little bit different and they're, and they're continuing to refine this in that some teams, but not the teams just in the Atlantic or just from the, the Metro were off before the break, some teams after. So there's a mix and match. Um, there are going to be some advantages. Uh, you know, I think Ottawa's first game is after they go from Tuesday to Saturday. I think they're the longest Tuesday to the following Saturday. The, the Leafs go from Wednesday to the following Friday, but Ottawa goes from Tuesday to the following Saturday and plays Edmonton at 1230. And Edmonton's going to have a couple games under their belt. So there'll be some competitive advantages to that, okay? Mm. Circle that date, A.K. Smash the Oilers that game. I mean, we should be smashing the Oilers every game the way that they're playing, Dave. And I mean, not only that, but it's a 1230 start. But just on this break part for one more second, I think that, you know, that's a little bit long. Um, There are going to be some advantages. If you're both Toronto and Ottawa now, two of the teams, you're sort of champing at the bit right now. And you're saying, okay, we've, we're still waiting three or four more days to play. Um, I would rather have my break after the All-Star game if I were a player and get to watch that. I love that the All-Star players are also getting a break. And, and I just think this is great for the game. I really do. Yeah. I think we're going to have a tremendous run between now and the trade deadline of hockey. And a lot of teams, and all of a sudden you're going to see, oh, wait a second, the Islanders are tied for the final playoff spot. Now, you know, I mean, you're going to watch all this back and forth. 
and you're not going to be able to count teams out. And then you're going to get those dangerous teams that sell and then become dangerous because they no longer have any pressure on them. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes, and they're going to come out and just play loose, and, and they're going to be a tough out. So a lot of fun ahead of us, I think, in the next three weeks, particularly before the trade deadline and then down the stretch run. I think you're going to see, and I know we've already seen it over the last month or so, the Edmonton Oilers go on a run here, Dave, and they're scoring a ton of goals. They put out five last night against Detroit on the road, and they've been scoring four, five, six goals seemingly every night, and that's no surprise considering McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman and Evander Kane. I mean, they are just loaded, but... As we saw in insider trading last night, they're still missing that top four, maybe shut down defensemen, and they are hot and heavy on, I'm sure, a number of guys, as the insiders intimated yesterday. Let's say the Oilers go out and get a Jacob Chikrin, or they go out and get a Gavrikov, or someone of significance. Do you think this is a team that could be primed for a long playoff run once again? Well, they're now poised right near the top of the Pacific. I mean, they're a couple of points out, and and they're pretty healthy, and they've got the guns. Obviously, I think McDavid in particular is going to have a monster second half, guys. I just do. I think he's he's at the age. He's done a lot of things. He's he's you know um, I think he's still six goals up on the Rocket. He's you know sixteen points up, seventeen points up on the on the um, Art Ross. He's going to win the heart I mean, he's going to clean up but i think he's going to look at the, all the individual stuff and say okay the team's coming with me i really do i think i think they're going to have a very good second half i, I can see them taking the pacific division um, on the run that they're going to be that i see them going on i really do i think they'll be really tough now they got some pretty good saves last night from jack campbell i think that'll be a question until it's no longer a question um in that skinner's been fine for them but their, their tandem is good. If they were able to, if Kenny Holland is able to go out and get that key defenseman. And I, and I see it more as, a, as the shutdown, shot-blocking, penalty-kill type of D. That, that, and guess what? That's going to be the primary guy. That Everyone's looking for him. Everyone yeah. is looking for that. Because are, the, are we going to get into a situation in the playoffs? And we have every year until late, and once again, where it's just a little more physical in front of the net and a little more space in front of the net. You're cleaning out areas for your goaltender. You're making a little bit harder area to go into, and I think that is what's going to happen. It always happens in the playoffs. Pooley, what about the year Eric Carlson's having? You talk about defensemen. Oh, God. 52 yeah, there games. There was another game last night, Carlo, and you, know, you start with that because you're intrigued with who's going to come out of the break, how. And Tampa comes out and gets thumped that first night by Florida. Just thumped. Yeah. And so you're watching them last night, and that was a good game. But Eric Carlson, the play he makes on the winning goal, he, he had a goal earlier. It's just incredible little give and go. I mean, it was it was a pick and roll from basketball is exactly what it was. Uh-huh. And, you know, and setting up Timo Meyer for couldn't have been more of an empty net. But Carlson is must-see TV right now. He really is. And, you know, the intrigue of what happens there. I think he stays in San Jose. I mean, it looks like a player that, you know, I, I think you're just fine keeping for every reason and letting him play and be what, 60 plus 65 ish points right now. <laughs> just unbelievable role right now. 
fun to watch. Yeah, he, he really is. And I'm maybe the trade happens in the offseason, or maybe San Jose is like, why are we trading this guy? He's the best defenseman in the world. Paul Mayer. Like, why are they trading Timo well, Meyer? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't understand what San Jose is doing. Well, I mean, they've got some, I don't know, they've got some questionable decisions ahead of them. And I think the Eric Carlson one is a big one. And Timo Meyer, whether or not he has moved, and he's got that big qualifying number of 10 million that maybe complicates things. Uh, a little bit. We should talk about another guy who just signed a big contract. Uh, Bo Horvat and the Islanders last night. They win again. They've reeled off four in a row here. And I mean, we know Bo Horvat's got the contract uh, locked up. The eight-year deal, eight and a half million. It was, uh, Sorokin had the shutout. And the Islanders, they've won four in a row. Dave, they're coming out with a really strong performance post-trade, post-All-Star uh, break, I should say. What do you make of uh, the Islanders here going forward in the Eastern Conference? I like the early splash. I really do. And, you know, you, you were able to, I think, reinvigorate the locker room. They were coming a little bit maybe before the break. But when you get that message into the locker room and, you know, it, it's kind of a free pass for you, too. If you've struggled through the first half and you've been a Matthew Barzell or whomever on their squad who hasn't quite, you know, done what they want to do and you get that injection, it's a bit of a free pass for you, too. And now you can say, okay, we're ready to go now. And, you know, the heat isn't all on me. I've got a balance. I've got a little better matchup situation because Horvat is here. I'm addressing, you know, the one thing that they really struggled on was power play goals. you got a guy that does that. But he's just such an all-around player. And, and he's also a calming influence in that locker room and comes in and says, okay, let's just, let's just go win. I don't know what the big deal is. Um, we've got a good team here and we're going to go win. And, but I love the early move and you're the only team right now that's made that significant of an early move. Mm-hmm. You've set the table and they may not be done either. Who knows? But I, I like it. And, and I think, I think each of, each of the four conferences could arguably say, okay, we could get five teams in here. And each of the four divisions, rather, could say we can get five teams in and the other team can get three. I mean, you start thinking about it, you're like, yes, you can start thinking like that. And now we'll see what kind of push Florida and Buffalo are able to give. And and who knows if somebody goes on a run here. You know, you still look at Florida and Buffalo. They're only three points out right now. And, yeah. and you also start to look at games in hand already. You've got a five-game spread from the least played 49 to the most played um, 54. So this is and, – and are you a buyer or are you a seller? Right. Do you have three weeks to really decide that? Or have you already decided that? Whatever happens. So a lot of questions will be answered in the next couple of weeks. Cooley, you mentioned Buffalo. What, uh, what was your reaction when you saw them lock up Dylan Cousins yesterday to a seven times $7.1 million deal? I, I like the move, Carlo. I like the player. And now you've got two guys down the middle in Cage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. He's also it's pretty nice when you can lock a player up for that kind of money. I think it's, it's a very fair and good number, just over $7 million. And he doesn't have to be the number one center. Right, that's what I'm saying. Tage Thompson, the 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 deal for Tage Thompson was the same one, and Tage Thompson's is a a head above heels over over or Dylan Cousins, is he not? Well, they're different types of players. I mean, I think it's a really good one-two combination because Mm -hmm. you know Cousins is still a good scorer that he might get you 25 a year. Thompson is your explosive offensive guy, but they're both big guys, big big guys, six seven six six for Thompson, six four for Cousins. Um, you know, so you've got a nice combo platter there who do different things, but I think both can do a little bit of what the other does. So I like, I like that combination. I like the signing, you know, when you, when you're looking deep down on their group, uh, they're in pretty good shape. 
moving forward, they're going to, they'll have some questions about Darlene. I'm sure with that number, but the only contract they have, and he's produced for them, the only contract they have, you'd say, Hmm, you know, moving forward, 30 years old, he's still four plus years Skinner. for Jeff, Jeff Skinner at a huge number, but he's producing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, and you've got your, you're not worried now about Thompson and Cousins demanding more than Skinner. And, and that's a good thing. You know, your internal cap is set around Thompson and Cousins. If somebody comes in and says, okay, I want Skinner money, you're like, no, well, that, that was, that's not a contract we did. <laughs> right. You know, here's our model and here's how we're building this team. And, you know, and then you get into longer term, you start looking down the road four years, five years. That's how you can have the success of a Boston type of model because your key guys are locked up at a reasonable number. Dave Poulin, our hockey analyst, our guest here on First Stop. Lots of buzz over the last 24 hours or so, Dave, about the Chicago Blackhawks and their two trade assets in Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. If you were to identify, in your mind, the best fit for those two guys, if they were to be moved, who would those fits be? We'll start with Taves, because I think he can go virtually anywhere and you know you look at uh teams that would love to plug that guy in in the two slash three hole and you know in his hometown in winnipeg would love to put him yeah, in yeah. call him a call him a three colorado still looking to see who's going to fill the nozzle cadre shoes would love to plug him in they may play him a little bit higher in the lineup but the pedigree of walking into the locker room is what does it i mean could could a sneaky team like pittsburgh sneak in there and grab um you know and put like they need more pedigree in their locker room. Oh, but, man, no kidding. But still, I mean, that type of player, and you know by his by his path that he's going to do whatever it takes. He's not going to go in and say, okay, well, i, I got to be the number two center. He's going to go out and do whatever has to be done to help his team win. Um, Kane is a little different and because I look at Taves as not having the same runway left that Patrick Kane has. I look at, at Taves as more of a, of a this year, maybe this year, next year move. Whereas Kane, I look at, okay, well, he might be looking at, you know, four more years or five more years. And is he going to want to move twice? Or, you know, he's got a young family. Is he going to say at home, the best thing to say in the kitchen would be to say, okay, we're going to move once. We're going to do this. We're going to go to a team that has a chance to win and has a chance to win for the next four years. And I'll make that kind of commitment to me. So he's got all the cards, gentlemen. I mean, he really does because he's got that kind of runway left, that kind of, of swagger left. And, but he's also going to command a number that goes with that. So I think they're very different cases. I really do. I look at caves as more of, of a today situation, maybe a little bit of tomorrow, whereas the runway ahead of Patrick Kane for me in the right situation is still, I don't know, three, four, five years. Yeah, we think about the guys that could be on the move ahead of the deadline. Kane, playoff legend. Taze, well, playoff legend. O- O'Reilly, what? exactly. Like O'Reilly, Smythe winner in 2019. I mean, pedigree and experience and versatility, those three guys, perfect fits if you're well, looking to make a, a playoff parody. run. And Carlo knows that situation. And, and, you know, watching Doug Armstrong over the years, he's not going to hesitate, guys. If he, he, he's going to not just look to make a trade and trade a guy. He's going to look to reshape his team mm-hmm. right now. And he's got enough there from his 2019 Cup. You know, he might say, okay, these five pieces stay. These five pieces I was going to change out anyway. And I think he's been patient enough with them. I really do. And he's given them an opportunity this year 
to, to get it done. They've had their slow start and, you know, they've had their streaks and everything else. Um, his coach, I believe, is in place in Craig Berube. And, and I think that he's been patient enough as a manager. And now he says, okay, well, and even guys with term left, like a Brandon Saad, say, okay, well, you know what, Saad, I'm willing to move him as well. Like, not just the UFAs that he has on his team, but I think he'd be willing to move, you know, probably keep the young kids, Kyrou and Thomas, and, um, and then go from there. Well, it's very rare that one former Conn Smythe Trophy winner is available with a deadline. How about three this year with Kane, Taves, and Kane and Taves both won, right? I believe I it was. Think Taves did. No, Taves won, I know for sure. Duncan Keith won once. I think they actually, it was Keith, Taves, and Kane all won one separate Conn Smythe, if I'm not mistaken, but. We'll, we'll look that up, and we'll, uh, we'll explain on the other side if I was indeed correct. Cheese is on it. Dave, thank you for doing this for us. I don't know, unless you know the answer to this one. Oh, it's tough. You know, it's 7.58 in the morning. Put you on the spot <laughs> on here. On the way out, yeah. Patrick Kane did win a con Yes, I think so as well. <laughs> that, I know Donkey Keith did as well. I'm not sure if Taves did, but we'll look that up. Dave, you're the best. Thank you for doing this. We'll chat with you next week. Have a great day, gentlemen. See thank you. Dave Poole, hockey analyst. Cheese, do we have an answer on this one here? I don't know if you've... Uh, pulled it up yet, but you have not pulled it up yet. So we'll come back on the other side. Did Jonathan Taves win a consummate trophy? Plus, what will the Raptors do ahead of tomorrow's deadline? We'll answer those questions and more next.